it's such an honor to be able to bring all this to you. And talking to IQ today reminds me to remind you that uh, this is a journey ahead. It's a journey ahead. And, you know, it's it's part of the fight. It's part of my commitment. Listen, it's a commitment that Malcolm that I made with God uh, some time ago, many, many, many years ago, uh, to do good in the world, to impact humanity and to really, you know, make a difference in the world, to step out, make a difference in the world, and and really try to do good. And that's what we're really doing on America Out Loud. So I want to encourage all of you to get involved. Talk. Just talk. Because that's what we do here, friends. Malcolm Out Loud Talk. Welcome to the show. Well, if I had 25 cents for every time somebody said to me, this is going to be the most important election of your lifetime, Malcolm. Well, I'd probably have about as much money as Warren Buffett, huh? (laughs) We'd all be wealthy. But, you know, I hear that every election cycle, that this is going to be the most important election in our lifetime. And I often wonder, what does that really mean? I think every election is important. I mean, do we take this serious enough? Do do, do we pay attention to who we're really electing to office? And quite frankly, I don't think we really do. I think, in in fact, the, the percentage of the population who really pay attention to this sort of politics election, I think, is very small. I think most people go on their way with their lives. And quite frankly... A lot of them just leave it to, well, the, the political leaders to run, thinking that, eh, what the hell, they'll take care of it. Or they think that their opinion doesn't matter and that it's not going to make a difference anyway, so they tune it all out. It's not a good program. I think every election, and you know something further? When you live around the world and, and other countries, and many, many countries where they don't have elections, okay, where they, they don't, you know, they, they can't take that for granted because they don't have the opportunity to vote, then you really understand how special it is here with the fact that you have an opportunity to vote every election, every, every, every couple of years, every four years in the general election. They're all important, friends. Every election in your lifetime is the most important election. You know why? Because it's the next election. And to me, the next election is the most important one in our lifetime. You know what I'm saying? Every election's important. No question about it. So, yeah, this is a historical election. I've lived through historical elections before. This is another one. No doubt about it. It's a big one. It's a little different. Now, why is this election different? Well, it's different because it's not normal. And it's not normal because we have a couple of characters in there that are not normal characters. Well, then a lot of people say to me, but, but Malcolm, why don't they have some of the smart people or the, the really good people running for political office? And I say to you back, do you listen or watch the news? Do you see how they tear these people apart? Do you see how they ridicule their life? Can you point to one human being in your life? Email me a name. Mother Teresa is dead, by the way. She's gone. But do you have another Mother Teresa? Is there another person walking on this planet that is so perfect, the sanctity of life, that has no past whatsoever? They have nothing in their closet. They've been a good boy or good girl all their life. I mean, perfect. My friends, it doesn't exist. 
Human beings are a flawed species, number one. It does not exist. So then the question is, why are not the good people running for political office? And, of course, we could define good people all day long. What does that really mean to you or I, right? We've all done stupid stuff. Can, can you tell me there aren't some things in your life that you're not real proud of? I know I could. I could tell you some stupid stuff that, that I would not be real proud of to sit here and say, oh, man, you know, I'm a real, I'm a real Boy Scout here. And come on, you've got it too. We've all done stupid stuff. I don't know anybody in my life who hasn't done stupid stuff. And so hence what we're dealing now with these politicians. When you see how they're treated, when they go back into their files and they try to pull up everything, like if you if you spilt Kool-Aid on little Sally Q in uh, third grade, <laughs> by golly, they're going to find it. And the next thing, you'll be a pervert for that. At whatever. The point is, they're just going to pull up everything they can about you because this is what's called politics. Now, let me explain politics to you. See, politics is when you put a couple of people in a ring, in a, in a, in a, in a boxing ring, and they beat the hell out of each other. Now, why do they do that? <laughs> well, they do it because they want power. You see, what politics has is power. Now, you're not going to get rich initially. They don't pay you millions and millions of dollars, but you can make millions and millions of dollars later on from the leverage of that position. Just look at our Congress. They've all, they, none of them went in there really, or most all of them didn't go in there as millionaires. Now, they're multi-millionaires many times over. Now, why is that, folks? Why is that when they don't make the kind of money to make them a millionaire in office? Well, you do the math, yeah? <laughs> well, again, so back to this election, the most important election in our lifetime. Yeah, yeah, okay, got it. I got that one. Send me a quarter when you tell me that, will you please, so I can put that in my piggy bank? <laughs> well, I want you to meet next IQ Al Razuli. You know IQ from the platform America Out Loud. He's a contributor there. Love, love his writings. Love everything he talks about. Uh, he's he's a he's a, a brilliant man. He's got a great mindset. Lives in Europe. Uh, check out his books, Lifting the Veil, The True Faces of Muhammad and Islam. You get that on Amazon. Uh, oh, the links are right on America Out Loud. You find it out there. So I thought we want to do a little pre-election analysis today. And I, and I want to look at everything very fear, and I want you folks to, to just follow me on this, and let's see if we can't educate each other a little bit here today about what this most important election in our lifetime means. You know, IQ, you, um, you said coming into this segment before we came live, you made a comment that this was a m momentous election, and I know you really believe that, but you know what I'm saying where every election is important, and, and I think a lot of people don't take their election or their vote in serious. You know what I mean by that? I know exactly what you mean, and they're wrong. It, it, tell folks, it, tell, it, take a minute, please, for me. You, you, you were born in Baghdad, right? In, in, in Iraq, yes? Yeah. No. yeah. Tell Even though I'm an Iraqi, right. the outsider looking, at the, I'm looking at the most unusual but most important election in the last 100 years of this republic. I still have the right to my thoughts and opinions on this momentous election. This election will literally determine, in not so humble an opinion of mine, either the rise or fall of the USA as a force for good 
most of the time in world affairs. So IQ, I want to I jump in here a minute. So what you're saying to me, now I want people to understand this, what you're saying, you believe America is at the tipping point, yeah? Absolutely. That's what we're talking about here. We're at the tipping point. And there's a lot of reasons why we're at that tipping point. But you believe for that reason, this is a very important election, yeah? The most important election in the last 100 years. Wow. Wow. So maybe then, instead of sending me a quarter when you say that, my listeners, maybe you send me a dollar. (laughs) Go ahead, IQ. I'll send you $100 if you want. No problem. (laughs) I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I mean it. Because... Most Americans are clueless, and I, I say that not as an insult. Right. I say that because of my communication with people from America, with their, with their attitude in America. How could any decent and logical human being vote for Hillary Clinton? I can't figure it out. And remember all the time, I am not a Republican, I'm not an American citizen, I'm not a Democrat, I have no access to grind. I look at matters as objectively, as humanly as possible. It is inconceivable for any decent and logical human being, having had Hillary Clinton as the wife of Clinton for eight years as president, and then as Secretary of State, with all her failures to support her to be president, in my mind, it's inconceivable, it is so stupid, I can't figure it out. Maybe you well, can. You, well, let me tell you what I think. I, I think what happens is this. Uh, uh, many people are scared of the unknown IQ. You see, now here's the thing. Hillary Clinton's been around for a long time. I mean, 30 plus years. She's held a lot of positions, senator, secretary of state, uh, first lady. I mean, she, she's had a whole history. Then you have the Little Rock, Arkansas connections and the governorship. And yeah, it, it's a long history of being in the political realm. In fact, that's her whole life. Now, she is a bit of a known quantity, so people sort of know what you're getting. Now, you may not like what you're getting, but you kind of know what it is. You know, it's kind of baked in there, you know. Whereas this, you know, I got to tell you, IQ, for a very long time, we have this conversation all the time on radio and we say, well, you know, what we need is a businessman to run for political office or we need a non-politician. And, you know, this is like 10 years ago we would say this, you know. And, of course, nobody would ever run from the private side. So you always got these career politicians who, you know, were pretty well a known quantity. Well, this time Donald Trump jumped into the race. He put his name into the hat, which stunned everybody. They thought it was like a practical joke, like an April Fool's joke, IQ, you know? Yep. And they really didn't take him seriously when he came down the escalator at Trump Tower and said he was going to run. Nobody believed this was going to go anywhere. Nobody. Nobody predicted this. Nobody. But here was an outsider. Now, here's somebody who kind of has connected with the common man. They say he's a very wealthy man who connected with the common man, and people don't understand that. But you see, what it is is, you know, the billionaires don't like him. The big money people, they don't like Donald Trump. They, they, they don't give him his money to run. They've given money to the Hillary Clinton folks. So he's not getting the big money, my friends. So if you don't like big business, big government, big tech, big any of that, you take like Google, you take Facebook, all those social media companies. They all support Hillary Clinton. 
Oh, they're, 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 they have their Google searches favor Hillary Clinton. Their, their news feed and the social media favor Hillary Clinton. All of those things favor Hillary Clinton. Now, why is that when you, when you see this? And you see, Hillary Clinton is a known quantity. You sort of know what you're getting. Corrupt as it is, but a lot of people are not comfortable with the unknown IQ. So Donald Trump is sort of an unknown. Like, how is he going to govern? How will he come across? How will he deal with foreign leaders? Now, I know what you would say back to me. Well, come on, Malcolm. How the hell can it be any worse than Hillary Clinton has done? She did the Russia reset and it fell apart. She, look what she's done in Syria. Look what she's done in the Middle East. I mean, it's a disaster what's happened, right? That's what you would say back, right? A hundred percent. Well, so where do we go from here? Simple. People don't realize that uh, during World War II, while America was creating an atom bomb, when Roosevelt died and Truman became president, Truman didn't even know there was an atom bomb. Truman was an unknown quantity, completely unknown. And he turned out to be one of the best presidents. He made decisions that most human beings wouldn't take it upon their shoulders. He allowed two atomic explosions on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. He had to decide. A million American dead or a few hundred thousand Japanese and the end of war. Unknown. Uh, Ronald Reagan, another unknown. Okay, he's a cowboy. He's a movie star. But that doesn't make him an element of a political uh, quantity. Nothing. He turned out to be one of the best. He, he did. In fact, a lot of people, and I myself, have sort of compared uh, Donald Trump's rise a little bit, sort of, kind of like maybe Ronald Reagan in the sense that um, Ronald Reagan was made front of when he was running. You remember back with the election, the pre-election uh, IQ, yeah. and people are like, oh, man, we don't want this Hollywood guy in there. What the hell does this guy know? I don't And, you know, he was kind of laughed upon and they they went in his past and they talked about his marriages and his sex life and you know everything else they could possibly talk about and you're right he turned out to be in fact in my lifetime he is the greatest president in my lifetime thank you i agree with you 100 percent yeah he was the instrument who destroyed the soviet union no question he became friendly with margaret thatcher of england to such an extent, he supported her during her invasion to take the Falkland Islands from the Argentinians. He went with the Pope against the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union collapsed under the when Ronald Reagan was the president. Well, it was this tear down that wall. I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, listen, listen, buddy. Every time I see that today, I still get goosebumps. You know that? Yeah, I, I mean, I remember the moment it happened. I was a young, young, young man, like real young, and, but I still remember it, and I get goosebumps when I see that today. I just, I don't know, there's a flood of patriotism that just gets into me, and I really get this weird feeling, you know what I mean? Yeah, I can understand it, but believe me, what I'm trying to explain to the, our listeners, don't be afraid from an unknown quantity. It most probably will be better for you than the known quantity, which is disastrous. Look, you have an unknown brash, but very patriotic man called Donald Trump facing an extremely well-oiled, long-time establishment elitist, extremely well-financed by foreign and domestic sources, 
and supported 90% of the time by the media called Hillary Rodham Clinton. He single-handedly defeated 16 other political contenders and is receiving the unqualified support of tens of millions of Americans who have had it with the egregious corruption of the political, educational, and media by the elites. At last, I can 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 you confirm this for me? I just watched uh, um, uh, or uh, uh, I just seen a message yesterday that said this. And can you confirm if this is true or not for me? If you know, I don't know if it is, but it said that Saudi Arabia has given 20 percent of the of the cash campaign contributions coming into Hillary Clinton's campaign. Do we know if that's true? We don't know. Okay. No, I, to, to say I know, I couldn't. It's impossible. I see. But not impossible for you and for me, but not impossible for the FBI. It's not impossible for the elitists. They know exactly. You see, there is called follow the money trail. Follow the money. Follow the money trail. You yeah. will always get to the truth. Always. Right, right. Well, there's a lot of money you can follow with the Clinton uh, program, yeah. for sure. This whole Clinton Foundation, let's take a minute and talk about that a moment, IQ. Tell me about what you understand um, if, from the Europe perspective. What are people saying out there? Well, first of all, before we talk about the Clinton Foundation, tell me what what is the general sense in Europe, in your opinion, that you're hearing from folks about this election now, honestly, with Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. What are you hearing? You're listening to the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. Well, it's where we say, let the silent voices be heard. You'll find a whole host of shows and a lineup of great content back at AmericaOutloud.com. Those who, uh, who love Trump are those who are against the elite system in Europe also. All the opposition parties in Europe, opposition I mean the ones who are not in control at the moment, love Donald Trump. Because he is, for them, the Brexit. You know Brexit, what it means? To leave the European Union. All the, the elitists want to stay in the European Union all those who are against the European Union love Donald Trump because he is right. He has energized tens of millions of Americans. You remember what you said a few minutes ago that most Americans say, what, my, what shall I do with my vote? It doesn't count. They are wrong. Every single vote counts. And the more millions of votes count, the more you can create destiny. The whole preamble of the American Constitution starts with we the people, not Obama, not Hillary, not Congress, we the people, means you act, you put your vote, whether you go for Hillary or not is irrelevant, you decide, and the more people who are willing to vote, the better it is for the life blood of the whole of the system of the United States of America. I honestly believe that between, between now and the 8th of November, which is seven days, many people who were sitting on the fence will think it is better for them to take a chance with Donald Trump, including black people, including Hispanic people. 
because so, all the media is lying. So all you are predicting is lying. You are predicting a Donald Trump victory. Then is that what you're doing? A landslide. You think it's a and I was going to ask you that next. That was my next question. How much does he win by? You think you think it's going to be a pretty good landslide, huh? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You, you already see the polls changing, right? Well, to tell you the truth, I never took a damn about the, the polls. They lie. They are always skewed towards the Democratic Party. Well, they sample more Democrats in the polls. I mean, so what do you what? expect? For more Democrats, you get like you. What do you expect? Uh, you know, come thank, on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. But but the, 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 there was a research done by an independent company. It was only a week ago in America. 91% of all the media was against Trump. 91% of the time. I mean, this is so egregious. It is so one-sided. You know, a, a logical human being would say, okay, 55, 45. Okay, 60, 40, yeah. But right. 91%? Hey, something is wrong. You know, a lot of people don't understand that when we talk about the media biases. IQ, I wonder a moment here. When you talk about these, let's talk a second, these media elites. Now, what we're talking about here is the people that own the television stations, the newspapers, a lot of the major media outlets. Now, they tend to always go progressive, Democrat, liberal, big agenda. Why do you think that is? That these, ca- I mean, these people have got to love America, you think? No. So why is it, do, do, do you think they don't like America? No, I'll tell you. What? You know, you had in America and in Europe, by the way, it's not only America. For the last 60 years, the education system, both in Europe, because I studied in Europe. When I left Iraq, I studied in Europe. And that was a long time ago. But a long time ago, the education system was superb. Today, you won't get anything from your universities. Look at what's happening in all your uh, elitist universities. You have the Muslim uh, student associations stopping anybody talking about Islam. Forget about they are Jews or Christians. Doesn't matter. They will not allow them to talk about Islam. They terrorize them. And who supports them? The elitists in the in the universities. You have a corrupt system. Your whole system is corrupt now. I'm not kidding with you. So you had 60 years of indoctrination by the leftist elitists because they speak about globalism. They speak about multiculturalism. They speak about secularism. What has destroyed America is secularism. You don't believe in God anymore. I'm not talking from the divine point of view. I'm talking from the religious point of view. We can't speak about God. Why? Who the hell has the right to tell me what to speak about and not to speak about? Right. You are. You have been. You have allowed the American people. I'm. A, I'm a father. I've got children. I. They go to school. If my son comes back or my daughter comes back and tells me that such and such a thing was done by a lecturer or a teacher, and uh, and from my life knowledge and I know it's wrong, I will not let get get away with it. Never. I will go to the school, I will confront the teacher, very polite, obviously, but I want to know, where is he coming from? Why are they allowing students to speak about Allahu Akbar and how great Islam is in schools in America? There is nothing about Islam which is great, nothing, zero. 
It is the worst belief system the world has ever seen in 7,000 years of recorded history. You know, I got to tell you, my friend, a lot of people, you're such an expert in talking about Islam and um, uh, and you've, you've given such, you, listen, you've given so much of yourself over these past many years in trying to inform people. I mean, I, I, I do kind of think in some ways, IQ, you are a modern day hero with all, I know you don't like that. I know you're very pride and proudful man, but you really are. Uh, so you know you're kind of like the Paul Revere of of this topic of this subject. Uh, I prefer that one. Yes. Yeah, you you are. You're like the Paul Revere of that. You're you're a patriot. You're you're an absolute. You know, it's funny because he. You know, I got to tell you guys out there that you know IQ again lives in Europe and he lives incognito. I mean, he doesn't. You know, he's got to be careful with his um, uh, protection. You know, he's got to be careful. And um, because he's very outspoken, like me, I mean, I, I'm very outspoken too, but he's really outspoken, his books and the other information, and he comes from that area of the world initially. But, you know, you love America, and every time I've ever uh, talked to you in these past uh, many years, or any time you m- have one of your fabulous write-ins, your columns that you send over to America Out Loud, which we, which we proudfully publish when you send these over, and, you know, I have to tell folks, you're always so funny, IQ. I just love you. When you send an email over you say for your consideration to publish and i always chuckle you're such a gentleman it's like you're a contributor on the platform this is your platform brother and you know but you're always such a gentleman about that would you consider publishing of course we're going to publish this iq we love you i love your opinions but here you are in europe and you come you're born in the middle east you're not you're uh, educated in europe you live in europe and you you are more patriotic than some of the americans i know I mean, you have such grace and dignity when you talk about this country. It's absolutely unbelievable. Listen, I have to I have to ask you something. I asked you, uh, oh, a few weeks ago. I don't know if you had a chance to catch it or check out any of it. I interviewed a young lady. What an interview. This was such a fascinating conversation I had with this lady. Her name is Tamara Al-Bayadi story. I thought I sent you the email. Maybe I didn't to check it out. Did you, do you know no. what I'm talking about? No, I haven't received anything. Okay. Well, I meant to tell you, on America Out Loud, there's a show on there right now I must have have you listened to and when we talk another time i want to i want to get your opinion for our listeners and and this is a good segue to tell everybody out there now all right so iq you you are very hard in your facts and you you back it up with research and relevancy in data when you talk about the dangers of Islam and you talk about what it means to be a Muslim and you put it out there. Well, I want to tell you, some people understand this and then some people in the political realm don't buy it and they think you're a, you know, kind of an Islamophobia or whatever the hell you want to call it, right? You know, really. And they make fun of us because of that. And, And I listen to everybody. I listen to all sides of the story. You know, really I do. I'm all about bringing the truth out. And then, so I interviewed this lady. Now, this lady came to me from a pastor from a church who said to me, we would like you to consider interviewing this lady about two, three years ago, IQ, okay? 
Yeah. Her name is Tamara. And when Tamara uh, came to me about three years ago, she got cold feet at the last minute and was afraid to put her story out there. You see, her family was in danger, who still live over there. She was here in the States, and she was just having a baby here. And her family was in danger, and friends of her were in danger, and she was being tracked, and she was very much in fear of their life. You understand? I understand. And so she was very fearful. And the last, and she wanted to tell her story so badly, IQ. But at the last minute, she got very uh, tepid with it. And she pulled the interview and said, Malcolm, I can't do it. And I understood. I don't push anything into any, anybody into anything they're not comfortable with. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I said, no, no problem, Tamara. I understand. I understand. And we were doing this special show called Gifts from God. It's a, it was a fabulous production. Anyways, so I didn't get a chance to interview her. Well, just about, oh, I don't know, about a month ago, she contacted me out of the blue. I haven't talked to her in several years. That, that one time that she came from the, 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 the minister in the church, you know, the church pastor, you know. Right. And so she contacts me and says, Malcolm, I'm ready to tell my story. Would you be so kind to give me the forum to do it? And I, I said, wow. She said, do you remember me? This is in an email now. And I, I said back, yeah, I, I remember you tomorrow. I'll remember you. Sure. Of course, I will give you the platform to tell your story. So she came on. Now, this is a lady who lived it, who lived it. And so it's on the platform now. I'll send you the link after the please. show, yeah, uh, IQ. Yeah, yeah, and that way you listen to it. And later on, you give me your analysis. We'll have you back on. We After the election, I want to have you back on next week anyways to talk about the election and so on and so forth. I want to spend a, a good hour with you next week and tell folks. But anyways, the show is called, listen to this, Muslim to Christianity is a death sentence. Tamara Al Bayadi story. Absolutely true. Yeah. Well, this this lady talks about everything you talk about, IQ, except it's her life. You understand? But she must be a Christian. She's a Christian now. You bet. Of course. You bet. No, not now. Tamara, Tamara is a very Christian name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're going to love this interview, and I so want to get your yeah, opinion. You send me the email, please. Send I will. I'm so interested to get your opinion on it. But it says here in the write-up, it was a matter of fear rather than a belief. I was so afraid to convert because I was afraid to face death sentence in Islam. But when I realized it is my eternity that I should care about, not my life, I couldn't refuse the truth or let it go anymore. No, fantastic. Honestly, fantastic. By the way, for people who don't realize, a few days ago, tens of thousands of young men and women in Iran, in Persia, went to visit the, the grave of the greatest of all of their kings, Cyrus the Great. This never happened before in the history of uh, under the, uh, the, the Islamic Revolution. So they turned on these young people and arrested the leaders. There is a move now in Islam, in Iran, under the mullahs and ayatollahs, by the young people who are revolting against Islam, by the way. They are literally, they had enough, and they're sick up to their eyeballs of Islam. You wait and see in the next few years, they will overthrow, the, with another revolution, the mullahs but will be by the young people. Wow. No, I did not hear that. I did not yeah. hear that, IQ. It is, it's a fact. You can Google it. And it, nothing I tell you 
Nothing I mentioned that you cannot double-check and find it. Right. Impossible. There's a lot of talk in the past couple of weeks. Uh, the Clinton campaign has been making Russia a campaign issue with the Donald Trump folks and so on and so forth. Now, what they are saying is that Donald Trump has ties to Russia. Now, then Trump gets up and says, give me a break. I don't even know this man, Putin, really, he says. I met him one time in a green room or something. He said, I don't have dealings with them. They said, I don't. But they're trying to make Trump out. To, now, and then his previous campaign manager, Paul Manafort, who, by the way, has worked for several administrations, the, even the Reagan administration, the Bush administration he was in. Evidently, he had some ties to Ukraine and some other, um, well, some other nefarious folks out there, they say which I don't know all the details of. But what do you know about this Paul Manafort and these ties to Russia and Trump's ties to Russia? By the way, Paul Manafort's ties to Russia are irrelevant regarding Donald Trump. Donald Trump has no buildings in Russia. He has no buildings in Ukraine. He doesn't have towers there. He doesn't have casinos there. He doesn't have golf courses. He said, I will talk to Putin. And I'll tell you something. Putin is a chess player. Uh, Obama is a golf player. It's a no contest. Putin will always trump Obama. I'm using the word Trump here. Look what's happening in Syria. Because of American intervention in Syria, which should never have happened. I'll tell you why it should never have happened. Syria was never in the orbit of the United States of America, ever. Syria was always in the orbit either the Soviet Union or Russia. The American elite decided they want to expand their sphere of influence. They wanted to expand it against the Soviet, onto a Russian Republic. How? By putting missiles in Poland and in uh, Romania. Now, 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 one second here. This is prior to Obama in office now we're talking about. What no, was no, even during, no, even especially under Hillary. Well, but even before Obama, a lot, some of what you're talking about now with Bashar al-Assad, though, uh, in all fairness, happened also on the Republican watch. I accept that. Okay, I know you do. It should never have happened. I totally was, agree. Look, Putin decided if America was to play dirty, I'm going to protect my country. I love Putin. I'll tell you why. He is, and I said it two years ago before anybody, by the way, you can Google it. It's on my radio talk shows. I was the first one ever to say that Putin is a born again Russian Orthodox Christian. Right. And it turned out to be true. Exactly word for word what I said. Two and a half years ago, I said that. When everybody's thinking he's a communist, he's not a communist. He is a hundred percent a Russian patriot and a hundred percent Christian. Now, I want to tell folks right now that what IQ is sharing right now with you, I want you to hear me, friends, is 100% true. 100% true. I know it is. I have spoke to many other experts about what exactly he is talking about right now. I have spoke to many others about Vladimir Putin. Now, let me explain. Many political leaders in this country, in America, want to make him out to be the big bad wolf. The big bad wolf. You know, yeah. He's not the big bad wolf, really, my friends. You know, there's a lot of things our military leaders don't like him. I understand. He is he is an opportunist, though. And I think, IQ, you would agree with me on that, would you not? 
When you alienate people like this and you call them all kinds of names and you put them in the corner, if isn't it better to get him at the table? You see, what I would have done as a leader, I would have called a conference right away. I would have stood up to Vladimir Putin and I would have got right with him. With that whole thing with the Ukraine was going on, I would have got him right in my sphere of influence immediately and I would have started talking to him. I would have held a meeting, a conference. I would have brought him in. But no, they isolated him. They pushed him away. They called him all kinds of names. What did we accomplish with that IQ? Zero. Negative. You agree with me? Of course, I agree with you. Listen, if I were Donald Trump and I become president, the first phone call I make will be to Putin. Amen. Why? I'll tell you why. Remember, Americans, the, Amer the Russian people love America. Right. I'm talking about the people. Right. They want to emulate Americans. Everything that you do, they want to copy exactly the same. The same thing in China. It was under communism. Now it's not communism. They can call it communism, but it's not communism. It's 100%. Uh, well, it's, so, it's socialism now, isn't it? It's not even socialism. What the hell do you call it? percent American business. Same. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There are more millionaires and billionaires than you have in America. Well, listen, I was going to say, we're start, there are parts of America you could start to call socialized, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I would... Trump would call Putin and they can... Because our worst enemies, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest enemy that humanity has had for the last 1400 years is Islam. I know I harp on it, but that is a fact of life. If you want to ignore it, you ignore it at your peril. Which at your peril, that's right, at your peril. You're gonna All pay a I price for that. All I do is I bring it to your attention. Right. Yeah, you're 100% right. If you don't believe me, that's your problem. Because all you have to do is double check what I'm saying, and you'll find it's true. Well, Look. I think Americans are starting to see that. I mean, they're starting to wake up for that. But, you know, I want to stay on this chess game a moment. I love your analysis a moment ago. It was absolutely perfect right on spot when you said, you know, Malcolm, Vladimir Putin is a chess player. Barack Obama is a golf player. Now, here's what's interesting about that. Now, that's a metaphor, folks. Think about that a moment. Think about that, please. Now, I then want you to put your hat on a moment, and I want you to think about Trump a moment. You know why? Like him or leave him, guess what? Trump is also a chess player. He's a chess player. You understand what we mean here? Do you understand what we mean by a chess player? Yeah. 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 
Yeah. So so you're better off to have a couple of chess players. In other words, you know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You're better off to sit at the table with everybody. You, you know, what are you going to do? Act like a spoiled brat and go home, which is what Obama has done. He's isolated America. And he's pushed our allies away. And he's pushed potential partnerships away. And our foreign policy, now I will say this much to you, our foreign policy right now is the biggest debacle that I have ever, ever seen in my lifetime. I mean, Jimmy Carter would have been a success compared to this this program. Do you understand? <laughs> um, Obama is Jimmy Carter on steroids. Yeah, on steroids. 100% I agree. On steroids. Yeah. Now, in all fairness, I, I want to be fair to you folks out there. Now, listen, I like I like what Jimmy Carter's doing now. I think Jimmy Carter's a, a good human being. And I say that not to be a funny guy, but I talk about him on radio before because he does this Homes for Humanity. He builds homes for poor people. He does a magnificent work in his retirement. And him and Rosalind, I, I think they're patriots. I think they're very fascinating people. I don't think he was a president material. I, I didn't think that, but I do think humanity. I think he's he, his, you know, he's done more for society after presidency than he did while he was president. You know that IQ. I I understand you. Yeah. I, understand you. I, I think he's a decent man today. I really believe this. But I think there were some bad things that happened while he was in office. But the point is the chess player. Your analysis is spot on, IQ, again. Uh, uh, Putin is very calculated and opportunist. But, so, but that's the way you, listen, you fight, IQ, correct me on this. You fight fire with fire. Definitely. Definitely. Look, Putin is a patriot. He, saw, he said that the greatest calamity of his lifetime was the collapse of the Soviet Union. So you have to understand the problem with American leaders, even as I speak to you today, not a single one of them in leadership has ever read the Quran and the Sunnah of Muhammad and studied them. Not one. I'm not exaggerating. Not a single one. The, and the worst mistake is not to know your enemy. Right. You have to know your enemy better than your enemy knows himself. You destroy him. And you don't. You can destroy him even without war. Isn't that right? I can right? destroy Islam That's right. without shooting a bullet in the air. Did you know that? Well, you know, I want you to talk about that a moment. Because you, right when you say what you just said, what comes to my mind is Sun Tzu. And it comes back to how to know your enemy. And it, this is what we're talking about here right now is a classic 101. This is a classic, classic 101. In other words, this is basic stuff that you learn. You learn as a young man, a young woman, if you're going to be successful. Tell me, when you say you could destroy, I want you to take a, mo a few moments now. Tell our listeners, tell our audience, please, IQ, when you say you could destroy them without shooting a bullet, you need to explain that more, please. Very simple. The whole of Islam, the whole, the belief system of Islam resides on one single idea, that Allah, the God of Muhammad, the God of the Islam, is the same as the God of the Bible. Is that true or not? You know what, my friend? Before I answer that, mm. I asked that question with you in mind to that interview I did with Tamara El-Bayadi. I asked her that question, 
And you know what her answer was back? Since she yeah. she knew Allah and she knew God, or she was a you know, she said they as we said they are not the same. They're they, not the same. They are not the same. They are not the same. Now, it's one thing saying they're not the same. It's another thing proving it, and proving it based exactly on the verses of the Quran. In ten minutes, I completely eliminate Islam. I completely destroy Muhammad as a prophet and the alleged divine origin of the Quran. In 10 minutes, you give it to me primetime television and I swear to you, and that's not an exaggeration, Islam will never recover. Why? I shall prove based exactly on two verses of the Quran. Two. There are 6,236 verses in the Quran. In two of them, I completely discredit Muhammad as a prophet and the alleged divine origin of his Quran on two of them by proving without a shadow or beyond a reasonable doubt that Allah cannot possibly be the same as the God of Jesus, Moses and Abraham. Full stop. End of conversation. And I'll tell you what. I've had one and a half million dollars in the last 12 years for any human being to prove me wrong on anything I say. I haven't lost a dime. Well, you've actually you've you've actually put that 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 uh, comment in writing. You actually put that in writing. Yes, it's a writing uh, on uh, my radio interviews. It's all over the. Place. It's on a couple of posts on America Out Loud. You put it yeah. on there, buddy, on your platform there, and you absolutely said that. Listen, you've said many, 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 many times to listeners. You've said this. You said, Malcolm, you know, folks don't have to read the whole Quran. Just read the first nine. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. What does that mean to folks? What should they do? Spend two hours of your time. Read. Don't buy the Quran. Google it. Don't waste your money. It's trash. You Google it. You read chapters one to nine inclusive. And if any human being decent with two brain cells of logic comes to any conclusion opposite to mine, we have to put him in a mental asylum. That's it. So, so you think now the tipping point is upon us, not just for politics as usual, but you also think the tipping point is upon us in, in the aspect of a fight in Islam and what's going on. And you, you believe we're at the point of sort of kind of where, well, I don't really want to say the point of no return, but I don't know. What do you call it? Honestly, it's a no return. I'm not kidding with you. Wow. So from my point of view, say based on my lifetime of research. It is a no return time. Obama surrounded himself and Hillary Clinton surrounded herself with Muslims. A Muslim, any Muslim, by the way, by definition, by definition of ladies and gentlemen, not my definition, by the definition of Islam based on the Quran. Every Muslim is the enemy of every human being on planet Earth who is not a Muslim. By the way, this is in a nutshell. This is all of Islam. Every Muslim, well, if you, by if you, definition, is the enemy of every human being on planet Earth who is not a Muslim. Now, if you believe in Islam, you're if you're a Muslim. What? Well, let's understand something a minute. If you're a Muslim, does that mean that you have to that you're you have to study Islam? Is that what that means? No. It doesn't mean that. It means you have to you follow Muhammad's Quran and his Sunnah. Sunnah means the traditions about Muhammad, how he raped people, how he loved people, how he hated people, how he murdered people. 
Sunnah is to emulate the behavior and the thought processes of a man. That's why Islam is not a religion. It's a cult belief system, the cult of Muhammad. So can you be a Muslim? Can you be a what we call a Muslim and, and not follow Islam? Impossible. That's a, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you how. I'm going to recite to you a verse from the Quran. And that's from the Quran. You can check it. Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 216. It says, Jihad, holy fighting in Allah's cause, is ordained for you Muslims, though you dislike it. And it may be that you dislike a thing which is good for you, and that you like a thing which is bad for you. Jihad means total war. It is mandated. You cannot be a Muslim and not be a jihadi Muslim. But there are two types of jihadi Muslims, and that's where the trick is. You have the war jihadis, like Al-Shabaab, Boko Haram, ISIS, Osama bin Laden. Al-Qaeda, any of those, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but the war jihadis are the, sp- the head of the spear. They are the tip of the spear. Right. The shaft of the spear is made from what stupid Americans in the media and academia and politics and religion call them moderate Muslims. They don't exist. This stealth jihad is the shaft of the spear. 95% are stealth jihad Muslims because they are the ones who supply the war jihadis with money, with propaganda, with armaments, and with shelter. Who does that? For every jihadi Muslim, there must be 10 stealth jihadi Muslims to support them. So if you have 5 million Muslims out of 1,500 million who are jihadi Muslims, there are 50 million others who are supporting them. There's a few things we need to understand here. Answer this for me. Is Saudi Arabia, is this our friend and ally or our enemy? Saudi Arabia was an ally to you only in the sense that they gave you oil and you protected them. Saudi Arabia is the mortal enemy of of Christianity. Saudi Arabia is the mortal enemy of every human being who is not a Muslim. Please try to understand that. There are 57 Muslim majority states in the world. Of 196 or 198 states in the world, 28% of the United Nations is Muslim. 28%. This is why every time there is a resolution, it's against Israel. Of course it's against Israel. 28% is Muslim. The 28 more percent is bought by the Muslims. That's 56%. You already have a one-sided affair. The tragedy is that the elitists in Europe and the elitists in America can't figure out how to deal with Islam. You look at the Obama uh, administration. You know, from my research and my understanding, he, he has more. He has brought in more Muslims into the White House, into this administration, than we've ever had in any uh, I- I- I presidential administration in America's history. Even his assistant, his main assistant, Valerie Jarrett, uh, is a Muslim. Is this correct? Correct, but why are you surprised? That's what I'm, I can't understand. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, he's a Muslim. Yeah, right. He's well, a Muslim. doesn't matter he says he's a Christian. Oh, that... Oh, he never that, said 
with all due respect, Malcolm, right. he never said, I have renounced Islam. No, he never yeah. has, never has. Never Thank has. you very much. Yeah, I yeah. raised my case. Yeah. Well, well, let's talk about this Uma Abedin. Now, she's the yeah. top aide for Hillary Clinton. Correct. Now, now uh, you know, you and I, I sent you, uh, you know a lot more about this than I know, but I sent you a video, a uh, very uh, alarming video on Uma Abedin here um, and her connections to Islam and her family. In fact, I'm going to link it to the show here and the post on America Out Loud. It's a real eye-opener, folks, if you want to go watch that. But what is your take on her connections uh, to, um, uh, to to this? Uh, there, is, there is absolutely no doubt that Huma Abedin had access to a lot of information that was top secret. And she most probably passed it on to uh, her Muslim brotherhood. You've got to understand it. I know it's difficult. Believe me, Malcolm, I've been dealing with this subject for 30 years. And I know for a fact that most decent Americans cannot believe that Islam is so corrupt. They cannot believe how evil Islam is. They can't. They just can't. Why? Because they're decent people. They can't visualize how despicable Islam is. And yet Islam is despicable. For 1400 years, all they have been doing was destroying other people and forcing them to into Islam. Did you know there hasn't been a single Muslim who has contributed anything to the betterment of humanity in any field of human endeavor in the last 700 years? Did you know that? You can't well, name a single one. Well, I've heard you say it before, and I, I don't know of any myself. It's but It's a fact. It's a fact. Look, the Nobel Prize winners, most of them are Christian. 21% of them are Jews. The Muslim world, who constitute 20% of humanity, have 0.2% of all Nobel Prize winners. Now tell me why. How is that possible? How is it possible that 15 million Jews contribute 21 million, 21% Nobel Prize winners and the Jews are 0.2% of humanity and 20% of humanity were the followers of Muhammad, 0.2% of the Nobel Prize winners? Tell me why. Well, you know, you bring up a great point. And let's face it. I mean, you know, IQ, it's just a basic fact that when you surround yourself with uh, with the, the proper thoughts, with good positive energy and, uh, you know, things that are worthwhile in this world, you're going to do great things. You're going to be able to do great things when you're when you're full of the devil, when you have all this hate in you and, and all of this, you're not going to do good things, buddy. You said it, but it's so simple, Malcolm. Right. Why? You see, this is the tragedy. The simpler the item is, it is the more difficult for a human being to comprehend it. I swear to you. If you give them a narrative of conspiracy theories, they love it. They will fall for it anytime. You give them the truth and the truth is divine. Every truth is divine and every truth is simple. What you just said is so simple. It's unbelievable. What you say? What did you say? When you are surrounding yourself with education, with positive thinking, with good thinking, you excel. But when you are full of hate and only hate, how can you excel? It's impossible. Well, and that's a good lesson for all of us to listen to, folks. If you take anything from this show, that you should take. That really, this is the way we all should run our lives, IQ, is to surround ourselves with the best, most positive people that we can. So... 
in order to understand the, 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 the challenges at hand, we now want to bring it back in the last few minutes we have to the most important election in our lifetime, my friends. Now, IQ says to me that this is a momentous election, Malcolm, not to take for granted. And he is saying that we need to pay attention. We need to stand up here for a lot of reasons. Uh, America's well-being is one. It's 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 the most amazing country in the history of, of the planet Earth. I believe this in my heart. You know, I have to share with you, IQ. This is I'm not what I tell you next is so true. And what I want to tell you, listeners here today is so true. So this morning I was watching the news and they had a segment on there from a young lady with an absolutely magnificent voice sing America the Beautiful. And I have to tell you, IQ, as she sang the song, I got such a feeling all over myself. I was just frozen in that moment. And I was working on some deadlines and I just stopped what I was doing. I shut the computer. I listened to the words and I have to tell you something. As I listened to this powerful voice and what was happening, I, my eyes started to, I started to water up and I started to just, it hit me in such a way. Yeah, I I believe it. I believe it. I understand it. By the way, I have always said I'm a bloody foreigner. I'm the outsider. I'm Iraqi. And I believe in the exceptionalism of the United States of America. You're amazing. You are absolutely an amazing, amazing man. Thank you, sir. You are. I mean, I wish that all Americans could hear you and understand your passion and your love for uh, uh, this country and for uh, for good versus evil. You see? Last few seconds, I'll tell you something. Yes. I have sent a Twitter to Donald Trump to employ me. I swear to you, I will come to America. Wow. I will expose myself, but I will be a great asset for him. There will be no single Muslim who will go against him. There will be no black man who will go against him. There will be no yellow man who will go against him. (laughs) I will make sure of all of that. That would be something. IQ Al Razuli working in the Trump administration. Wow. I promise you it will be a bonus bonus for him. Because I I don't do it for me. So you, you, well, he's a very, uh, he's a very practical man, obviously. Uh, You know, the one thing where, again, he's going to be very similar to a previous president, Ronald Reagan, is you surround yourself with the very best people you can. Absolutely. That's the only way to do it. That's it. No yes man. I will never allow a yes man around me, ever. Yeah, that's it. And that's what I do. And I want to share with folks right now, and as I share with my dear friend here, IQ Al Razuli, that's what I've done, friends, on America Out Loud. I I tell you, I'm so thrilled right at this very moment. I'd be honest and share this with all of you and so happy uh, to share myself around such beautiful people like IQ Al Razuli is such a gift for me. I I mean this very much from from every piece of my heart here. We have such tremendous talent and people on America Out Loud, including IQ and all of his work and his writings. And it's, and it's such an honor for me to celebrate this and to put this man on there, as it does a lot of our interested people. And you know, I have a lot of opinions on there and a lot of unique thoughts. It really is. Our millions and millions of people now are getting their news.
news and information from America Out Loud, and we're just getting ready to expand the network again. Our whole radio signal and everything going on, we're so excited about what's happening just ahead here. Some very, very dynamic things. So I just want to share that with you today and tell you folks out there that, uh, you know, again, it's such an honor to be able to bring all this to you. And talking to IQ today reminds me to remind you that uh, this is a journey ahead. It's a journey ahead, and, you know, it's it's part of the fight. It's part of my commitment. Listen, it's a commitment that, Malcolm, that I made with God uh, some time ago, many, many, many years ago, uh, to do good in the world, to impact humanity, and to really, you know, make a difference in the world, to step out, make a difference in the world, and, and really try to do good. And that's what we're really doing on America Out Loud. So I want to encourage all of you to get involved. Get over to America Out Loud. Check everything out. Check IQ out, Al Rizzulli out. His books, his, there's links to his books on there. The man is absolutely brilliant. And he's such a passionate man. And you know when you talk to people like this, you know that you're getting the the unvarnished truth. 